0: Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's Technical Director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Mike Shady. Mike is a USBC Silver Certified Coach, two-time Eagles winner, Bowled collegiately at both University of Wisconsin Lacrosse and Nebraska. Mike is also on the Ebonite Pro Advisory Staff. You can check out Mike at ppbowling.com. That's ppbowling.com. Mike, Timberg, and Coach K Steve Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, it's you know, it's always a pleasure, Tim, to be on your show and, and uh with Steve and uh, it's one of my uh, uh, highlights of the year when i get to talk bowling so it, uh, it's a pleasure and i appreciate the opportunity
0: well awesome stuff well let's talk about your collegiate bowling which is actually one of the things in all of our conversations i think mike that we probably haven't touched on too much but let's talk about you were the uh, 1985 collegiate national championship university of nebraska you were an all-american there so let's talk about what was probably your fondest memory of bowling in college
1: well, just to back up a little bit, uh, the 1985 was actually at the University of wisconsin Lacrosse. Uh, as a freshman out of high school, and uh, uh, we got uh, real fortunate. We, we had the national championships in Milwaukee that year, and we beat uh, arguably could have been the greatest college team ever put together with McDowell, Jerk, and uh, the Scroggins brothers and Jimmy Davis, and all those guys had uh, have national national or regional PBA title. We actually beat them as a one-game baker and. And um, I was there, and, and we were bowling with Nebraska throughout qualifying, and I recognized your coach, Bill Straub, and and uh, I bowled really well at that tournament, maybe all-tournament team. And, and uh, during the banquet, I said, can you introduce me to your coach? And so they talking to Bill, and Bill said, what do you want to do in the future one day? And I said, well, I'd like to do what you're doing, Bill, is to do it for a living. And he asked me, did you ever think about coming into Nebraska? And that's how it all, uh, and I never had uh, any intention of leaving, but, um, took it right out there. And, and that's how I started my career in Nebraska. I had to sit out a year competitively and went to school a year, but I had a chance to practice with a team and, and then, uh, started bowling for the team next year. So that's how that all started. But that was one of my fondest memories. And the other ones, you know, there's been so many, uh, because collegiate bowling, as Steve knows and you know, it's, uh, it's something that is extremely memorable and, and just a great opportunity for any bowler who has that who has that uh, uh, ability to do it. Well, uh, I you know I would think just the number of players I had a chance to compete against at Nebraska. And I know my uh, after sitting out that redshirt year, I had a chance to compete against Ricky Steelsmith. And I don't know if you can find a better player in college ever. I mean he was uh, he was that good. And, and I was the anchor player. He was the anchor player. And, and there's there were some really good matches and. Um, he made me a much better player. And guys like Justin Romick and, and Kazuski, and there's a uh, Pat Healy. And when I was just finishing up my senior year, we had young Chris Barnes coming in and um, just had some great matches and uh, uh, just a lot of great memories. And, and uh, also Bill, Bowling for Bill Strapp, he uh, kind of taught me the process of, of being a player and how to become a good player and, and um, really focused on... Trying to build the technique so you can create versatility and, and shot making and repeatability and things like that. So uh, had a lot of great memories.
2: There, and there's definitely was a lot of focus on you know the physical game there. Um, you know at Nebraska, Wichita State also focused pretty heavily on that. Were there some other um, aspects of the game that that you you know, going to Nebraska kind of opened up your eyes too. You know, some a mental game or different ways to kind of play certain lane conditions, that kind of stuff.
1: Well, Bill was Bill was a proponent in in uh, the lane conditions. Uh, uh, he never really let us play in anything that was was too soft. So we always had to play in challenging lane conditions. So, you know, when when I got there, it, it uh, I was a track player, young track player. I really didn't have much experience. And when I left there, I, I could play from out to all the way inside of twenty, and and that was due to the the program itself. And the other thing that really created opportunities in Nebraska was with Bill's affiliation with a tour. He used to have a lot of pros that would pop in and and get help from Bill, and you know, a lot of national champions. And and uh, and when they would pop in, obviously being a uh, you know somebody who studied. Uh, and grew up watching a professional bowlers tour. I was around those guys a lot. and asked a lot of questions and got to practice with them, And that was a huge benefit as well. But, you know, Bill was never a proponent of the metal game. And I, I know Gordon at Wichita really put some emphasis on the metal game. Bill's philosophy is always the process. If you take care of the process from start to finish, the metal game takes care of itself and it takes care of the anxiety and things like that. So, um that was, a, that was an area where I really kind of had to go out on my own and I and, uh, talked to a lot of Wichita bowlers and um, did a lot of studying in, in the area and, and kind of developed that, that part of the game myself.
0: So what advice do you have for high school bowlers and even the bowlers who are maybe maybe they're finishing up their freshman year of college? And then also, let's talk about what you're doing now and how you're able to use that. You know, you're, you're, you're helping coach and how you're able to use that to help bowlers and to help communicate with the younger players out there
1: jim I would say the the high school players i my i really think I would focus on the really the technique in high school and I call them the anchors the really pull the core components where you can develop physically and and really develop that through a bunch of skill drills and and uh, I think that's where the growth and the evolution of the individual bowler has to develop is in high school. And then once you get to college, you continue to evolve in that area because technique never gets to a point where you, you achieve it and you stop. You just continue to evolve because the game the game changes uh, due to the equipment and technology. But once you get to the next level in college, that's where you develop the skill sets, the skill sets and the lane play. You know, learning uh, learning how to read a graph and, and learning the different angles and and uh, learning how to get the ball to respond at the back, so your, your strike percentage increases. And then learning ball motion tools of different ball speeds and and uh, different axis rotation angles with your hand and different laydown points such as loss zones and changing those three phases of ball motion to modify those um, those and, and then getting into the mental side too and and developing into a a player who who can relax when there's anxiety, a player who can can focus on the process instead of the end result, a a player who really becomes good at uh, rehearsing for the future and recalling past successes and and integrating those things into your game. So the skill sets in college is is much more important, I feel, than than the high school level.
2: uh, Do you still find yourself, uh, you know, younger players come to you and they're looking for, uh, a college program? Are you, do you? Are you Nebraska through and through? Is that is that in your blood still, Mike?
1: Well, I'm a Nebraska through and through, but unfortunately out there, all the emphasis is is the girls' program, and, and Bill doesn't work with the boys' program at all anymore. So, and and today, as you know, Steve, there's so many good college programs out there. Wichita still is at the top of the the uh, the collegiate scene, and and you got Weber and and. Uh, you got just so many good programs, and the coaches have have, uh, have evolved since I was in school. And, um, so there's a lot of opportunities. So I recommend, uh, you know, first of all, the thing I, I tell all my students is make sure it's got an academic program, an area of study that you're interested in, that you can leave with a degree. You just don't want to go to school to bowl. Your first priority is the education. The bowl comes second. So that's that's the first one. And, and then go and make sure that the coaching and the philosophy matches what you're looking for. Those are the two big areas I, I tell the, the, uh, the college players or the future college players to look for.
2: That's a really, really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Have, uh, have you started to kind of have a di- different topic here, Mike? Have you started to look at uh, uh, your competition coming up for the Open Championships? I know you're on a, a really high-profile team. You've a, had a lot of success there. And it uh, looks like the scores are a lot lower, and the lane conditions are a lot tougher this year.
1: Well, I have, and uh, you know it's a preparation uh every year you try to go through and get yourself ready for that tournament, and all the, you know, the ratios are lower this year. I think it's one point eight to one, which is pretty flat um and I think the scores have resembled that now there's been a couple guys, and there always will be depending on doesn't really depend on, on the quality of the player. Or, or the environment, there's always somebody's going to match up. But this year the scores are much lower, and and um, but I'm I'm going through the same process that I've went through in years past. The team is as well. We we study the lane graph. We develop a, a game plan for the team, and then we prepare. Now, I I always I've always been since my Nebraska days is I need to prepare for the for the event coming up, both physically and mentally, and then uh, try to figure out your your sequence of bowling balls and and uh, how the lanes, and this is all theory and some of the practice you put in, how they're going to transition so you can sequence accordingly. Um, and then uh, get out there, feel well-prepared, and, and uh, hopefully uh, the game plan that you're going to implement is going to work and the team uh, um, bowls well enough that uh, you, know, you put yourself in an opportunity to possibly uh, win the event. So, Things things really haven't changed since year, even though they're more difficult. But I, I will say this that um, we we uh, I think our mindset this year is a little more in the patience area, knowing that you know especially the first game game and a half a team. You know if we leave a week ten, you know don't get too greedy or too uh, aggressive to try to knock that ten down. You may have to go week ten and shoot one ninety two zero just to get the lane to transition. In the future, or later in that, that event, you can start striking. So, um, but I like low scores. To me, I, I've always had a worker man's mentality. Let me go to work on the lanes, make quality shots, and not let it turn into a strike contest. So,
0: well, Steve, you just uh, you just competed at the in El Paso with USBC Open Championships. Do you have anything you'd like to maybe like to maybe add? I know a lot of. Watching a lot of the live stream and watching some of the the way people have attacked the lanes, everyone kind of says the same thing. But Steve, after bowling it, would you agree with what mo- most of the folks are saying as far as how to attack the lanes?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and I, and I like the fact, um, and I said the word you know as far as being patient because it it is easy to to get you know you, you know there's a lot of pressure out there, right? Because it's a you know it's the biggest tournament we have as amateur bowlers throughout the year, and so when you get out there you know, you're battling a little bit with the nerves, the lane condition's more difficult. And this is one of those times, really, where if you find a way to hit the pocket um, while you're trying to kind of get your feet underneath you, that, that's a good thing. I mean, we had, uh, and I, I want to say it was around 31.80 or so, our team did, which we felt really, really good with. And that was with 9.50 the first game. Now, if we went back through and, and were able to do it all over again, I think we could have got some more pins uh, from the start, um, but it was you know a, a, a little bit of an errant shot it, it, it definitely you pay the price for it pretty you know, pretty substantially. so, yeah, if you can find a way, I agree hundred percent with what Mike said, if you can find a way to hit the pocket and uh, and you focus on making your spares and not getting too far ahead of yourself and and not let the uh, the anxiety or the pressure kind of build in your head while you're competing, I think I think, uh, I think you have an opportunity to do real well there. And, uh, and you know, Mike's team has already proven that year, you know, year in and year out.
1: Yeah, Steve mentioned uh, about the, the pressure of that tournament. And that is, that is a there are very few tournaments I prepare for anymore because I just don't have the time. And that's one I do prepare for. And, and a lot of bowlers ask me, how, you, how do you maintain your composure or your arousal level, your anxiety level, so you can perform at a high level? And to me, it all comes back to really the preparation. If you prepare and go in there with the right mentality, knowing, as Steve mentioned, scores are lower, you got to be patient, you got to pick your spares up, it's not going to be a strike fest like it was last year, and prepare and, and really focus on the process. Every bowler's got one or two things they focus on when they get on the lanes, whether it's physical or mental, pre-shot routine, whatever it may be, And focus on that. I think the arousal level is at that is manageable, where you can you can perform at a high level. But if you get ahead of yourself and start thinking, you know, you need you need 1950, you need 680, or start thinking about the end result. I think that's where the bowlers get in trouble, and, and they really can't perform at that optimal level that they want to.
0: So, as far as we've seen, a lot of the younger players coming up, the you know former collegiate standouts that. Will come out to the USBC Open Championships, and they just have a really good set, and they they perform on that big stage. So it sounds like it all goes back to preparation. But talk about also how these you know these big collegiate tournaments from you know G- Team USA Trials in Vegas to you know the um, the Pepsi Championships and et cetera, all these youth tournaments that really prepare these folks for bowling at these high level of these amateur type tournaments like the USBC Open and the Queens and all these other tournaments for the men and women out there.
1: Well, there's there's two you can prepare yourself on the lanes in the practice mode and then there's another preparation. You can get sharp through the, through that or you can get sharp. I should say and you should get sharp through a competitive aspect and the reason these, these individuals are going out and there the both so well is the competitive aspect, the experience. They've got so many venues today where the, the pressure, the anxiety is at a very high level and they're competing against extremely good bowlers, high-end players. They're getting experience, and it just leads into the next event. So a lot of these players look at a USDC event a little bit differently than maybe somebody who doesn't bowl, all these other competitions, you know, the Junior Gold and all the college competitions and Team USA. All that stuff develops competitive sharpness. When you, can't, you really can't develop in a practice mode at home, bowling and practice two, three, four hours a day. You gotta go out and compete. And I tell all my players, I can make you the best player, technique wise, but you gotta go and bang heads. You gotta go and get beat up a little bit. You gotta, you gotta see transition. You've gotta be able to get up in, in the tenth frame, needing two in the, the first two in the tenth, or the first hit you either win or make the cut. Those are all the real. Real-life situations, bowling situations, that you can only acquire and get better at if you actually live through it or, or bowl through it. So, yeah, it's it's really important you just keep competing, and that's what these players are doing. They're getting a lot of competition against the best amateurs, really, in the world, and it's just leading into their their evolution of becoming a competitive player.
2: Hey, tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, peak performance bowling. And you have a, a couple of camps, I think, coming up this summer, too, don't you?
1: I do. I've got uh, I got a few different venues coming up. I've got a camp uh, in July up in uh, Green Bay, and and uh, I've got a camp in Pittsburgh, um, and then I got uh, got some other venues as well. We we go in and we actually do uh, a lot of one on one stuff. Uh, I'll be in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. I'll be up uh, another place in Wisconsin. Uh, I'll be in West Virginia this summer, and then I'm actually going to go and help uh, the collegiate. Uh, Expo at Turbo Two Hundred One in in the Chicago area in July as well. So I've got a busy summer, but it's my passion. Love to teach, uh, love to see the, the city improvement in bowlers, and really promote the, the sport. And, and uh, I, I've always believed that if, if we want this sport to continue to grow and prosper, we've got to educate. And that's just uh, kind of my way of of uh, helping the sport, and uh, it feeds my my passion as well.
2: Well, great stuff. Do you, do you have younger younger players? Uh, is it open to all ages, or do you focus on? Is it younger players, you know, older, experienced, beginners? What?
1: Well, my camps, <clears throat> my camps this year will be a little bit more advanced. Uh, we're we're going to get into some of the skill sets I mentioned earlier. Uh, I'll have some. I have some junior bowlers. I think I've got one signed up uh, this summer who's eleven, and uh, I've got them all the way up to. Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, uh, older players who are uh, in their 70s that'll be in the so but it, it's a player who who's who's fundamentally pretty sound, somebody who wants to bowl and and achieve at a higher level, and develop skill sets. Uh, now the one-on-one venues I do, it's it's really for any individual, uh, regardless of of skill level, where uh, it's kind of like teaching school. You know, I've got uh, a spectrum of learners when I teach high school. I've got uh, uh, one end of the spectrum where I've got a learning support student, or I've got to remediate to uh, the other end of the spectrum where I've got a gifted student who I've got to use a higher level of thinking. Or in bowling, we could we could use the analogy where I've got to, I've got to use a you know a higher level of teaching, such as a, a different skill set that somebody on the other end of the spectrum can't do. So um, it is a wide range. Uh, the camps are a little bit more advanced where the individuals is. Uh, both of the
0: spectrum. Well, great stuff. So, Mike, please, uh, listeners, if you're going to interested in any of these camps, please check out ppbowling.com. Like Mike said, he's going to be all over the place. You can contact him if you want to set up an individual lesson, uh, and you can work that all out with Mike. But great stuff, great website, Mike, if you're looking for some stuff too. So, folks, please check out that. And, Mike, it was a pleasure to have you on, and uh, all the best of luck when you head out to uh, El Paso and uh, all the best of luck as things move forward with all these camps. Sounds like you're going to have a very busy summer.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, summer's always uh, the highlight of my career, and I get a chance to go out and teach. And, and uh, last thing, since Steve's on the phone, Steve, uh, uh, you get a chance, just email me that game plan you guys had. Um, let me know what you did wrong the first game and then what you did right the last two games of the team, and I'll take a look at it and make sure I pass it on to our, our nine other guys.
2: We 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 figured we we learned from our mistakes. I can I can tell you that. Yeah.
1: yeah well, it's a pleasure, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to talk some bowling. And anytime, feel free to give me a call.
0: Awesome stuff, Mike. Thanks for joining us.
1: You're welcome.